Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Support for all the books comes from Third Love, the lingerie brand using real women's measurements to design better fitting bras. Did you know that 80%, 80% of women are wearing the wrong bra size? With Third Love, it just takes 30 seconds to answer a few questions to find the perfect fitting bra for you, all from the comfort of home. Third Love stands behind their product so much that our listeners can try one for free for 30 days, just pay upfront for shipping, and returns and exchanges are always free and easy. Visit thirdlove.com slash books to get started. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 102, and today we are talking about books released on April 11th, 2017, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow podcast, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello! Hi! It's an exciting day to release confetti from the ceiling. It is. It's gorgeous here. And... Oh, I'm so glad. It's gorgeous here, too. It's like blue skies. I was actually having some, you know, magical... Uh, thinking this morning about maybe I could find a way to record the podcast outside. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, and so then, it, ah, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Right. Or like, there's a lot of bird noises <laughs> happening here in the mornings lately, which is really nice, but not so good for yeah. uh, the podcasting. But the big confetti dropping news and the reason we're releasing this show a little bit later in the day than we typically do is so that we could wait for this thing to launch. Book Riot has a new subscription program called Book Riot Inside. Insiders. You join up and you get exclusive content every month, goodies, all kinds of things. So release your Muppet arms. There are three different levels you can subscribe to. They start at $3 a month or $29 per year. It's a pretty good discount. Uh, the next level is $5 a month or $49 per year. Or if you want to go deluxe, it's $10 a month or $99 per year. If you do the yearly subscription rather than paying per month, you get a pretty sizable discount, as you can hear there. And and the features that you get, of course, depend on which level you decide to subscribe to. But the whole concept here is to go inside and behind Book Riot and basically be a VIP. Um, all of the levels get you a behind-the-scenes newsletter that'll be written by a different staff member every month about what we're working on, uh, sort of secrets from Book Riot, pictures of our pets, because we have lots of those, lots of whimsy happening, exclusive deals in the Book Riot store. At the next level up, you get a um, an exclusive Read Harder podcast that's being hosted by our awesome coworkers Sharifa Williams and Josh Corman, um, with recommendations for a different challenge of the Read Harder podcast each time, and a big, juicy, beautiful new release index that Liberty has been curating and working on for months now to get it all ready. Which we all know it's really difficult to find 
listings of books that are coming out in the future that are organized in any kind of nice way and aren't a fire hose. Like if you work in publishing, you're tired of staring at Edelweiss. Um, If you don't work in publishing, you're probably maybe just like scrolling through Amazon's list of upcoming releases. And that can just be overwhelming. Um, So this is a curated list. It's not every book ever that's coming out each week. It's the ones that um, Book Riot and Liberty think that our readers will be interested in. It's very inclusive and eclectic and it's gorgeous. You can sort it by genre. You can tag things to watch them for later and, you know, make reminders uh, to yourself to have them on your watch list. It's really, really awesome. We're so excited about that. You get that one at the middle level at the $5 per month or $49 per year. And if you decide to go super fancy, you get all of those things plus access to an insiders only forum on Slack. Um, If you've heard us on this show and on the main book riot podcast talking about the back channel that we have with our contributors, we use an app called Slack to power it. This will give you a place to talk to other uh, book riot insiders, probably the friends that you made at book riot live or the folks that you've been talking to on our Facebook page or in the comments, plus staff and contributors. Uh, As just one example, Liberty and I are going to do a monthly happy hour over on that Slack to talk talk about new releases and what we're working on. There's going to be tons of other stuff. So go to insiders.bookriot.com to find out more and join today. We are so excited to have this and to be able to hang out with you guys uh, in you know more interesting and in-depth ways. So that's our pitch for that, insiders.bookriot.com. Yay, I'm so excited. It's finally here. Me too. You've been working on it for so long. So have you. I know. Keeping it secret. But- I know. I like keeping the secrets. That's fun. I guess we should probably uh, start talking about books, and then we'll do some more reminders. Yes. Uh, that sounds good. I will, I'll start, you know, just okay. for a change. Um, <laughs> my, I have a couple of really great small press books today that I read a long time ago. I'm so excited to talk about. The first one comes from Biblioasis. It's called The Redemption of Gallon Pike by Karis Davis. She is an Australian writer. This is a gorgeous book of short stories. Um, Remember last week I was like, ooh, I have a book of short stories for you? This one is Mm -hmm. amazing. Um, She's sort of like Chekhov meets Cormac McCarthy. They're these beautiful, sparse, gritty stories. Most of them are set in the past. Um, One is about an alderman who is receiving... Their town is receiving a visit from Queen Victoria. And he starts up a conversation with her, which is unusual. Like, people don't usually talk. You don't talk to the queen. You just don't. Um, and he tells her he tells her a story. Um, one is about a famous author who buys herself a new lining for her bonnet. Um, you can sort of figure out who the author is as the story goes along. Um, one is about a woman who meets her new neighbor. She's sort of, like, alone. They're in the country. She doesn't particularly care for her new neighbor, and he comes to pay her a visit um, while her husband is out, and they discover that they have a lot in common. Um, the title story, The Redemption of Gallon Pike, is my favorite. Now, I read short story collections, and I find that often if it's titled after one of the stories, I don't usually like that one the best. I don't know oh, why huh. that is. And That's I always wonder, like, there must be, like, different reasons for them choosing it. Like, either it won an award, or maybe it was the author's favorite, or maybe it was, like, the editor's favorite, or whatever. But in this case, it is definitely my favorite. It's about a spinster Quaker woman named oh. Patience. And she is a very kindly woman. She goes to the jail and visits the prisoners. And right now, as the story is taking place, there is a man named Gallon Pike. He is a filthy, violent, seemingly unredeemable man who is to be hung in five days. 
And she goes and she sits with him. And he's not very responsive and he's not very appreciative. You know, but she, you know, feels it's her duty and it's a kindness. You know, he is going to be hung. Um, and it, it just goes from there. It's And again, it's called The Redemption of Gallon Pike. So I loved it so much. I got to the end and I, like, cheered. It's such a great ending. Um, but I was sad when the book ended. It was, it was so wonderful. Um, there's many more fabulous stories. And... It's, it's incredible. So, again, it is called The Redemption of Gallon Pike by Karis Davis. Awesome. My first one, this is one of the books I have been so excited about this year. It's called Double Bind, Women on Ambition. It's edited by Robin Rom, uh, And I've been mentioning this all over the place, so you've probably heard or seen me talk about it. This is a, an amazing collection of essays by women, not just women who are regularly writers, but women who have had all kinds of careers exploring this very difficult relationship that women have to ambition. Uh, in the introduction, Rom talks about ambition as not only something to be proud of, but something to cloak, um, that from the time that we're little girls, we get mixed messages about what it means to be ambitious, about how important it is to be ambitious, about when maybe you should set your ambition aside, about how other people are going to feel about your ambition and whether you should care about that or not. And at the core of it is that sort of nagging question of, is it selfish to want these things for myself, um, to want to succeed or, you know, really kick butt at something. Um, Pam Houston, who I just love, uh, opens the collection and she writes about being a workaholic. Um, she says, I've come to understand that ambition's real payoff is less about being loved for the work you do and more about getting to do the work you love. And at that point, it was like four pages into the book and I was already doing praise hands. And then Teresa Rebeck, who was the um, showrunner on Smash on NBC, writes about getting fired from that show that she had made into a hit because a bunch of dudes she worked for spread rumors about how difficult and awful she was, and then they uh, failed after they let her go. Ayanna Mathis, who is a writer, uh, talks about the urge to do impractical things, like ambition to be a writer, um, and the connection between uh, metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, that personal metal, and struggle, and how metal doesn't overcome struggle, but is often for in it and how that's connection, connected to ambition. There are so many great pieces in this. Roxane Gay has a piece about the intersection of womanhood, race, and ambition. Several other writers touch on it as well. Christina Henriquez writes about it. Um, both of them mention being told that their success was due to affirmative action. Like, the, oh, the only reason that you got into this fancy college or the only reason you're getting promoted is that you're a woman of color and what that does to a person's pride and ambition um, to have their achievements completely diminished. There are several essays that explore what happens to ambition when a person becomes a mother, um, what should happen to it, what can happen to it, what happens if you forget about your ambition for a little while. Um, in one of my favorite pieces, Ivani Thomas writes about um, not wanting to set goals, but to follow interesting opportunities instead. And I really related to that. She's, she had this mother who like was perpetually wanting her to have like goal setting journals and setting her you know one-year plan and her five-year plan and her 10-year plan. And she just resisted and resisted and resisted. It just wasn't in her nature. Um, that's kind of how I am. Actually, it's exactly how I am. I don't like to try to plan out the future, but to follow, like to follow each 
new challenge as it comes up. And uh, so it was validating to think about, for me personally, to think about ambition in that framework. And then probably in my favorite piece of the book, Elisa Albert, the novelist, writes basically about rejecting ambitious striving, um, that her ambition is not to achieve anything but for the kind of person that she is. Um, And this is a great quote from it. She says, here's what impresses me, sang-froid, good health, the ability to float softly with an iron core through Ashtanga primary series, eye contact, self-possession, loyalty, boundaries, good posture, moderation, restraint, laugh lines, gardening, activism, originality, kindness, self-awareness, simple food prepared with love, style, hope, grace, aging, humility, nurturance, learning from mistakes, moving on, letting go, forms of practice, in other words, constant ongoing work, no end point to be found, not goal-oriented, not gendered, idiosyncratic, and pretty much impossible to monetize. I mean, what kind of person are you? And I just really loved that and related to it as well. There's so much here. This is a diverse uh, collection of women's voices. It's not comprehensive. No collection could be. That's kind of the point, that there are as many different ways to be a woman and to have ambition as there are women in the world. And this is just a look at sort of pushing this conversation one step further. Um, I really, really loved this, whether you are, um, whether you are a you know, just a woman in the world working, trying to figure out these questions for yourself. If you are a boss, this is good to think about. If you're a mother, these are good questions to think about. If you are not a woman, but you deal with women, which, you know, basically everyone, um, especially in the workplace, if you're in a management position, this is a book to read to consider the issues that face women that maybe you don't have to deal with. It's really, really phenomenal. Um, All of my hats are all the way off to Robin Rome for the collection of voices that she put together here. Again, the book is Double Bind, Women on Ambition. And that's out from Live Right and the fabulous yes. Katie Adams, the editor. Yes, and one as of our favorites. I couldn't love them more. They have two true crime books coming out this year, like just ringing all my bells. One is called American Fire, and you might be interested. It's about a true crime in Virginia. Oh. And then I just found out that the author of The Dead Duke, His Secret Wife, and The Missing Corpse, which yeah, is one yeah. of my favorite books, she has a book coming about the Black Dahlia. It's called Black Dahlia Red Rose, and it's about her idea who she thinks the killer is. And I might be sitting outside Katie Adams' house right now. Like, I might, <laughs> it, it, I'm so excited. I'm, like, levitating. I, I just can't. Anyways, I just wanted to mention that because I'm so excited. We'll just get you a little pop-up tent that you can take with you from one editor's apartment to the next. Oh, it's so exciting. Um, but now let's talk about our exciting first sponsor. How about that? That sounds good. Our first sponsor today is Perfect by Cecilia Ahern. It is the thrilling sequel to Flawed. Um, in this thrilling sequel, Celestine North must... Did I say her name right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. yeah Celestine. I was like, Celestine. Mm-hmm. Celestine. Um, it's those words you never say out loud. Yeah, uh, Celestine, must, <laughs> I think you were right the first time. <laughs> Celestine North must make a choice. Save just herself or risk her own life to save all flawed people. She lives in a society that demands perfection. After she was branded flawed by a morality court, her life is completely fractured. All her freedom's gone. But Celestine has a secret, one that could bring the entire flawed system crumbling to the ground, a secret that has already caused countless people to go missing. With tensions building, can she prove to be the human in to be human in itself is to be flawed? That's a Whoa. lot. So, yeah, it sounds sort of like the X-Men. Yeah, and a kind of it says for fans of authors like Veronica Roth, 
Lauren Oliver and Marie Lu. This was sounding kind of divergent e to me. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. I think I have flawed here. I'm. I haven't read it yet. You know how I am. Sometimes I get a little excited. I buy a lot of things and then <laughs> I can't read them all at once. But I'm definitely going to read it. You know, um, we had a sponsor uh, last year for The Call, which was a book about evil fairies. And I was like, that sounds cool. And I bought it. And then I kind of forgot it. And now in like my whole new like fairy phase, I read it. It's amazing. It was so violent and gruesome, like way more than I was expecting. So of course I was doubly excited <laughs> so it was just it was awesome so I'm like yes read the sponsor book so I will definitely be picking up this one and reading these and we thank Flawed uh and Perfect for sponsoring awesome what's up next for you oh yeah it's my turn mm-hmm. okay my next book is called If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio and it is about a group of students at an elite art college which sounds a little familiar you know, it's a it's a familiar uh, story. Um, this one starts with Oliver Marks. He is getting out of jail. He has been jail in jail for ten years for a murder that he may or may not have committed. And when he leaves the jail, he is met by Detective Colburn. He was the man investigating the murder, the man responsible for jailing him. He has now resigned. He is no longer a detective. And he says to Oliver, "Please." Please tell me what happened. Please tell me the truth. Because he wasn't entirely sure that Oliver was responsible for this murder. So, But he confessed to it. So, you know, there was nothing he could do. So he asked Oliver for his explanation. And Oliver goes on to start at the beginning and tell the story of his life at this elite art college. It's the story of seven young Shakespeare students. And this is like seriously fancy. You know, they have their own special dorm. They have their own special teachers. And now they've been going to the school, and now they're all seniors. And they've always kind of had the same roles in Shakespeare. Like, there's the one guy who always gets the lead, the one girl who always gets the lead. And then there's always, like, the buddy, the villain. And for some reason, in their senior year, there's some shakeups. Like, the casting is kind of moved around. And suddenly the people who are used to being the specific roles are now, like, second, you know, uh, to the star or, you know, don't have as big a part and they're, it's causing this weird dynamic. The dynamic of their group has begun to change. You know, there's jealousies, rivalries, and violence sort of happens between them and eventually murder, like I said, murder. Um, and now their greatest role is trying to convince the cops that their story about what happened is the truth. It's, I would be lying if I didn't mention that it's a little like secret history fan fiction. Like, mm. I've read, you know, The Secret History 25 times. I read it every year. And there are a lot of similarities. But it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's fabulous. It's probably the most like The Secret History of any book that I've read. You know, a lot of books claim it, but very few actually pull it off. And this is great. Also, if you were a theater geek or you knew the theater geeks, this is just delicious for you. Because these people are hilarious. They say relevant lines from Shakespeare on almost every page. I do not know Shakespeare, so I did like I don't know what these lines were from. But they found like she she found a corresponding line for pretty much everything that was going on, and there's good reason for that. The author is pursuing her MA in Shakespeare studies at King's College London, so I say like put your work into it. You know, if you're going through all that trouble, like she wrote a book around it, and it's amazing. Um, but if you're not ready for that, it's a little precious, like it, you know, having Shakespeare lines on every single page. But it's super, super fun. I was racing through it to find out, of course, like, did Oliver do it? Did he not do it? What happened? 
It was just a really fun read. Again, it's called If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio. I'm going to take a sharp left turn. Okay. <laughs> um, into a super suspenseful book called, well, not a total sharp left turn, but these are just a little bit different, I think. Um, Penance by Kane Minato. And this, I can't say much about it because I don't want to spoil it. Um, it's a paperback original out from Mulholland this week. And here's the setup. 15 years ago, four girls in a small town in Japan discovered their friend dead. Um, at this point in this, at this point in like in time when the story is set, Japan had a 15-year statute of limitations on murder. Um, I think that ended in 2010, so the book is set, you know, prior to that. The statute of limitations is almost up, and so now each of the women is reflecting on the ways that the violent trauma of their friend's death has shaped their lives. Because um, we find out that after the friend died, the, the friend's mother told each of them, you, you need to like do something in penance for this, for how you contributed. She believes the girls contributed to her daughter's death. Um, do something in penance for the fact that this happened, or I will take revenge on you. And they all live in fear of of that and also of whoever the person was. They see a man come. They're playing – so the setup, because it happens early in the book. I'm not spoiling what happens. The girls are all playing on a schoolyard. This man comes through the schoolyard and asks them to let him in to the locker room. He needs help um, reaching a thing, and he just picks one of the girls to go with him. And they're young, and they have not been warned that they shouldn't do these kinds of things. Um, so they let this happen. Their friend goes with this man, and he kills her. Um, so they live in fear that this man is going to find them and come for them, um, that something will happen around the statute of limitations that is going to put them all in danger. And they're also living in fear of the revenge from the dead girl's mother. The book is divided into six sections. The first four um, are hearing from those four women about what's been going on in their lives in the intervening 15 years. And each of them has sh- something shocking and terrible. Um, and then we hear from a few more people about how it wraps up and who the killer really was. Um, it is creepy and sinister and just kind of quietly shocking. The first section um, really surprised me. And I like I love the structure of this book because it's not the traditional build towards a whodunit. Like you do wonder who this guy was and if he knew the families at all or if there's any significance or maybe he was just a passing stranger. But it's much more embedded in what this event did to these girls and what happened to them because of it as they carried that forward into their lives also with the threat of this mother's revenge. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I've not read Kane Minato before, but she has a previous book called Confessions that apparently was huge and that there was a film adaptation of. And so I'm going to have to go backwards and read that. I really, really loved this. Um, If you are looking for something creepy, Pick this one up. I don't recommend reading it like at home alone on a dark night. Maybe in full sun. Read it in full sun like one section at a time and give yourself plenty of time for your creepy crawly goosebumps to dissipate in between. But it is excellent. Again, it's called Penance by Kane Minato. Would you say it's a good book to read while you're sitting outside an editor's house? (laughs) Well. Only if it's daytime. Maybe as long as the editor doesn't know that's what you're reading while you're sitting there. Yeah. So before we continue, can I just briefly mention that we still have 100th episode t-shirts for sale at teespring.com slash ATB100. They are only $16. All of the money goes to everylibrary.org. You can get them through April 17th. And 
Rebecca and I are going to match the donation. So we're excited. Check yes, it out. Get a shirt. I've Somebody already got hers. Like, you can select an option to get it early. Someone got hers, took a picture. looks amazing. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, so, yeah. Teespring.com slash ATB100. All right. Your turn, lady. Keep yes. going. This is my other fabulous Canadian indie press book. This one comes from Coach House Books. It's called Shot Blue. It's shot-blue from Jesse Ruddick. If you like slim indie press books with devastatingly gorgeous writing that just completely ruin you, then this is the book for you. This book is in two parts. It starts with a young single mother named Rachel. She lives with her little boy, Tristan. They are in a very cold, remote part of the barely hospitable north. Um, For reasons of her own, she does not have a husband or even want to be around men for the most part. And... They are poor, they are starving most days, they live in this little shack on this island that has no heat, Um, but it's hers, and she loves her son fiercely, and sometimes, you know, she does what she has to do to help them get by. I mean, it's all about, like, the first part is all about, like, her love for him and the hardships that they go through. And then the second part takes place in a, a vacation lodge, the island that they were living on, has been raised. They've built this vacation lodge for fabulously wealthy people to come visit and play and have fun. Tristan is now a teenager. He has lost his mother. I'm not spoiling anything. It's right in the description. Um, so he works at the lodge uh, trying to make his way because they, the town wanted to send him away after after his mother was gone. Um, but they, they got him a job at this lodge. So he's like basically been working since he was 10 years old at this lodge. Um, and he's very different and he's very quiet and a lot of the people that work with him find that intriguing. Some of them find that sort of um, what's what's the word I want? It it <laughs> I've lost all my words. Some of his coworkers, you know, find that obnoxious. Like they they can't stand that he's different and that he's sort of like passive and quiet. And it you know it, it makes them angry. Um, and so he has a lot of difficulties when he's working there. Uh, and it's just it's I'm not going to tell any more of it because. It's so small, I don't want to give any more of it away, but it's just so, so beautiful, and really, it's, you know, read this for the writing, because it's going to rip your insides out. Um, Again, it's called Shot Blue by Jesse Ruddock. All right. Time for another sponsor, and then I have a couple fun books. Um, Our next sponsor is His Alone by Alexa Riley. This is from Karina Press. Alexa Riley is a New York Times and number one ebook bestselling author. This book is about Ryan Justice. Ryan Justice may be her boss, but nothing will stop him from taking her from making her his. Paige Turner is trying to outrun her past. Her need for Ryan got in the way of revenge, took her off course, redirected her focus. Before she knew it, he'd made his way into her life, into her heart. True love doesn't let secrets as big as these stay buried. And when the truth about Paige's father is finally exposed, Ryan will do anything to fix everything. Paige has always been his and his alone. This is an office romance. I'm not sure I've ever read one of those. Um, So it's an office romance with a strong heroine who stands on her own. Again, it's by Alexa Riley. The book is called His Alone. It's out from Karina Press. We'll have a link in the show notes or you can find it whenever books are sold. Whenever, wherever, wherever books are sold. It's morning. Like recording on Mondays, man. Why did we do this to ourselves? (laughs) And we're recording a few hours earlier than usual. My words are just like... They're just waking up. So. Same. Yeah. Uh, I still don't know I don't what word to... I was going for before. I don't know. Antagonizing? I don't know. <laughs> like... 
It'll well. come to you in like four hours. You can text me when it's when yeah. it arrives. We'll tack we'll tack it on at the end. It'll be like happy reading. It'll be like antagonizing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what do you got next? My, my next pick is a slim little delightful book. It's Make Trouble by John Waters. Yes, that John Waters of uh, television and movie and comedy fame. Fabulous this is book the, quote. Yes. Yeah, that <laughs> fabulous quote about what not to do with people if you go home with them and they don't have books. Um, this is the illustrated book version of a commencement speech that he gave at RISD a few years ago that went totally viral. Waters illustrated it himself with these great black and white lines drawings. The speech and the book are about seeking happiness, success, creative fulfillment on your own terms. Um, I randomly opened it to a page this morning and got a spread that shows, on the one side, it shows a bunch of alarm clocks and it says... Uh, but how can you be so disciplined, friends always ask when I tell them my job is to get up every day at 6 a.m., Monday to, Monday to Friday, and think up insane stuff. And the other spread shows him standing in uh, boxer shorts, typing on a typewriter with a light bulb over his head. And it says, easy. If I didn't work this hard for myself, I'd have to go work for somebody else. Plus, I can go to my office one room away from my bedroom in my house dressed in my underpants if I want to. And I was like, oh, John Waters, me too. It's the best. Um, he has tips for creativity. Spy, be nosy, eavesdrop. Um, as you get older, you'll need youth spies that will keep you abreast of new, uh, new music. And and just all kinds of stuff. It's, you know, you've probably seen or heard bits of this speech around the internet, but this is a nice addition to this sort of burgeoning subgenre of commencement speeches turned into books. Um, there have been several of them in the last few years, and usually the commencement speech is a very earnest affair. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but like the John Waters flavor of commencement speech is just the thing that the world needs. Um, it's a, it's a hot pink also, which I think is excellent. Uh, so again, it's called Make Trouble. It's by John Waters. Perfect gift for anybody who's graduating from anything this year and going out into the world, but also a nice little book just to have around the house. Mm -hmm. So... I, my last pick is Grace by Natasha Dion, and it's coming out in paperback. I think this will be the third time I've mentioned it, but you guys, I love it so much. I just want to talk about it one more time. It was one of my favorite books of last year, um, and I think like three is the lucky number. Like I give it three and then done. So I'm just going to tell you quickly again about it because it's so good. Um, it's a story slightly similar to the Underground Railroad, but the writing is more similar to Homegoing. It's fantastic. It's about a runaway slave in the 1840s named Naomi. She has escaped the plantation where she was kept uh, at the age of 15. She ends up being taken in by Cynthia, who is a hard-working, hard-drinking brothel owner. Um, Naomi, not knowing much about the world, falls for a silver-tongued gambler and ends up pregnant, alone, and being hunted. Uh, in the first chapter, I'm not spoiling anything, she dies. It's horrible. It's gruesome. It's devastating. Um, now, you the chapters alternate back and forth between her time, like at the brothel, and the her ghost who stays here on Earth. Like lots of ghosts go away, but when she dies, she wants to see what becomes of her daughter. She has just given birth to her daughter when she dies. Her daughter is named Josie. She is taken in as an infant by a free slave named Charles, and Naomi's ghost watches over her daughter and sort of narrates the story. And she watches Josie as she grows up in the shadow of the upcoming war, because you know, it's a little bit before the Civil War starts. Um, and the story, like I said, goes back and forth between their lives and the hardships and brutalities that they each endure. But ultimately, it is a very powerful, amazing story of love. 
I just, I love this book to pieces. Again, it's called Grace by Natasha Dion, and it's out in paperback. Also, you know what else is in paperback this week is The Regional Office is Under Attack, which oh, you yes. love. I did love that. And, oh, and that really good um, uh, voodoo penis book, which I'm forgetting the <laughs> title right now, but if you say those words together to somebody at a bookstore, I'm sure that they know exactly what <laughs> right. I'm talking about. Or Google voodoo penis book. Yeah. Make sure you put the book there. On yeah, the yeah. Don't, don't mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> that book was great. I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, it's a nonfiction book about, like, weird, you know, um, cult, like, things that happen in different cultures around the world, like, uh, different... Oh my goodness! Like, I just give sort up. It's of, Monday. It's about like occult beliefs Thank in you. various <laughs> cultures. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the title story is about I can't remember the location now, but people like where the men believe that their penises disappear or yeah. like fall off, even though the there. physical evidence indicates otherwise. <laughs> It's really yeah. fascinating. Um, my last pick this week, one that I have been looking forward to, I'm going to be reading it very soon. It's called Hourglass Time, Memory, Marriage by Danny Shapiro. Um, if you're not familiar with her, she writes widely. She has many books, but writes widely online as well about life, about being a writer, very introspective and insightful. Um, I've read a whole lot of her essays, but I've not read one of her books before. And this is a memoir about how marriage, her marriage in this case, is shaped by time and by experience, basically reckoning with the life that you dream of versus the life that you end up making and going towards questions about like, how do we make lifelong commitments to one other person in the midst of a world that's constantly changing um, and forces that are constantly changing and sort of the world rewards not that kind of steadiness. Um, really interesting questions. I've read little excerpts of this and I can't wait to read the whole thing. Um, so again, it's Hourglass, Time, Memory, Marriage by Danny Shapiro. That's D-A-N-I if you happen to be Googling. But it will be in the show notes so you don't yes. need to Google. Yes, show notes. <laughs> All right, those are new books this week. What are you going to read next? Um, I have like the braggiest galley brag. Oh uh, no. I am reading the prequel to Practical Magic. Oh. Yes. I heard whispers last year that there was going to be another Practical Magic book, that fabulous Alice Hoffman novel, which came out, I think, like 22 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I read it when it came out um, and haven't read it since then. So I reread it the other day in preparation. And I still love it. I love her. I just feel like so comforted whenever I read her books. Like, she's just great. Um, and this is a prequel. Uh, it takes place in the 60s. Um, and so, yeah. I'm so excited. And everyone's like, ah, prequel. So excited. So what are you going to read next? I am going to read Joy on Demand, uh, The Art of Discovering the Happiness Within by Chade Ming Tan. Uh, he was at Google originally and tasked with like being the, oh, I can't remember. They gave him some clever title. Let me see if it's in here. Um, the Jolly Good Fellow at Google. Um, <laughs> that was like his official title. Um, but the book is about mindfulness and about finding small moments each day um, to recognize the things that give us joy. Um, sort of a beginner's approach to mindfulness or a bite-sized approach um, if you don't want to like go whole hog and start reading Thich Nhat Hanh immediately. Um, but I've been hearing really good things about it. It came out in hardcover last summer, and so the paperback is coming up soon, and I'm hoping 
hoping, you know, to read it now and be able to talk about it in time for the paperback release. But the, like, this is sort of, it's unpretentious mindfulness. You can hear me flipping pages because I'm trying to get to the table of contents. Um, but the introduction is called How I Learned to Be Jolly for Fun and Profit. Um, there's a chapter called Joy Becomes You. Just one breath, surely you jest. And then there's from one breath to one Google uh, the, the great mind is better than sex. That should get you interested. Um, and there are illustrations throughout. So this is like some light theory, lots of science about mindfulness and happiness. Um, and then he illustrates it with, um, drawings and comics of his own as well. So I'm super excited about that. And then I'm going to start scheming about how I can become like the official mindfulness officer of some fancy corporation, <laughs> get paid to wear my yoga pants every day <laughs> our like our collective mo is be mindful and murder people <laughs> the two of us together well you know opposites attract <laughs> yes <laughs> oh and this is just a follow-up i got a bunch of great emails from uh, a bunch of y'all last week or two weeks ago after talking about yoga teacher training and some of the books that we're reading and i have started on wisdom of yoga by stephen cope which i mentioned last week and so far i'm about a third of the way in it's a really great um contemporary grounding of the yoga sutras and of the teachings um they're like based in real people's lives so i'm finding that to be a really nice way to start my formal yoga education. I've been practicing the corpse pose. You're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our show. Thank you again to our sponsors, to Third Love. Go to thirdlove.com slash books to start your free 30-day trial with one of their bras to Perfect by Cecilia Ahern and to His Alone by Alexa Riley. We'll have links to both of those in the show notes. You can find them wherever books are sold. If you want to hang out with us, with other passionate book lovers and Book Riot fans and the staff and contributors of Book Riot, check out insiders.bookriot.com and pick your subscription level to join today. And don't forget to pick up your 100th episode t-shirt at teespring.com slash ATB. 100. If you've got something to tell us, you can do that at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S C H I N S K Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you've got a minute, you want to give us a little gift here going into spring, uh, a rating or a review on iTunes lets us know how we're doing. More importantly, it helps other people who are looking for a great bookish show. I'm going to go ahead and say that we're a great bookish show to find their way to us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs>